You are listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with John Pemba and Andrew Cooper. What's going on, everybody? John Pemba here with Andrew Cooper. This is the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast here. Cooper, we are heading into week six of the NFL season. We're coming out of, again, yet another strong week here over at Fantasy Alarm Playbook. Uh, all the content that we put out, coaches, videos, uh, on point again for DFS and seasonal advice as well. Uh, and now we're here to go, you know, matchup by matchup preview uh, of this week's games. Yeah, man, the DFS stuff has been killer between, I mean, you, me, Ronis, Terra has been killing it. I mean, it's like, it's pretty wild, dude. Uh, Bender's been throwing out stuff in the 11 o'clock show, like live right before the game starts. So uh, yeah. definitely jump in there if you haven't. And uh, if you're out there, the the real running secret is that NBA and NHL DFS is quietly easier than football. Not only are there like less people doing it and less sharps doing it, but it's not as random to a certain degree and you don't need to have that like one guy, you know? So right. check those the, playbooks the, out. The usage, the usage in NBA and NHL is it's pretty clear generally who's taking the shots and who's scoring the goals or who's scoring the points. Uh, NHL last night, you know, there was Brian Boyle who scored. Uh, he's a you know, career goon. He just basically had one flick off his stick, you know, but uh, for the most part, you're right. Like, you, you know, what's going to happen. Um, and it's all about just it's all about roster construction. Those those two sports are more about roster construction uh, than they are, like you mentioned, like getting the player right almost. So, right. And then uh, that's the thing about like with hockey, like when that guy Boyle scores, like it doesn't it's not like if you didn't have him in your lineup, you lost. Like sometimes with football, like if you didn't have Tyreek Hill or, or Derrick Henry or Kadarius Tony this week, like if you right. didn't have Kadarius Tony, you lost. You know what I mean? So in hockey, it's not really like that. Every once in a while, you get a guy that has like. Ho- Hockey's also pretty wild because much like baseball, like where Mike Trout can go over four and be the most expensive player on the slate and get a zero, like, you know, Sidney Crosby could have one shot on goal in a game and you just spend all of your, your you know, bankroll there, or your, or your salary cap on a player who gave you zero points. You know, NBA, you know who's scoring. Um, you know, for the most part in the NFL, you kind of have an idea. A receiver obviously can be a little aggro there with receptions and targets. But, you know, if you're spending up on a running back, like, you know, they're going to get yards. They're going to get their pro- some level of production. You're not going to get a, con- a complete uh, goose egg out of them outside of an injury. Uh, you know, in, in a sport like, uh, you know, like NHL, you can you can spend up for a Conor McDavid and, and get a zero. You know, so definitely... Mm. Um, is, is a little bit different there. But yeah, NHL kicked off. Going to recording here Wednesday. Um, NHL kicked off Tuesday. They have, we have a big slate here. It's recording now. Uh, and then NBA is off next Tuesday, the 19th, um, with a little opening day slate. And then Wednesday is the big slate um, that we'll have everybody ready for. Um, so exciting stuff. You can go to both uh, dfsalarm.com slash NHL Pro. Use promo code NHL Pro to save 30% off um, the cost of that. And also the same thing for NBA dfsalarm.com slash NBA pro use promo code NBA pro at checkout and save 30% off. Uh, and that gives you access to all of the DFS and seasonal content, uh, the premium discord channels as well, where we're in there, you know, right now, if you're, you know, going into our premium discord, uh, Chris Murray, who did today's uh, uh, playbook and um, Andrew Dewhurst, who did yesterday's playbook, they're in there right now, answering questions, helping you guys build your lineups and get you ready for the slate. So that's NHL, that's NBA. That's everything we got going on there. But Coop, we do have a week six to get to here. Um, bye weeks have started, Coop. So this is a very important situation now for um, you know those managing their fantasy rosters moving forward. Is 
understanding bye weeks, taking a week, a look ahead too. You know, don't don't be surprised by your bye weeks, right? Like, don't come into week six and be like, oh man, I need four guys off the waiver wire. You know, next week, if you have guys that are gonna be out, pick those guys up now, right? Like if you're if you're done with your waiver wire and there's people that are can be picked up for free you know, sort of plan ahead and, and grab those guys that have on your roster now instead of having to fight with everybody going on to waiver wire next week. Oh, and I can, let me tell you, week seven is the doozy. I've been warning people about this week, you know, pretty much since the schedule came out. I looked at it and I was like, uh, just a heads up, guys, there are six teams week seven that have bye week. Uh, like week eight, there's only two. There's really, there's no other week that has six teams, right? So you have the Bills, Cowboys, Jaguars, Vikings, Steelers and the Chargers. And I've been warning my followers, uh, you know, on Twitter at Coupe Fiasco, that if you've been playing the waiver wire for tight ends, like all the waiver wire tight end waiver wire roulette guys are on by this week. You have Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, uh, Dan Arnold, Tyler Conklin, you know, uh, Fryer Muth, if you're going that deep, and Jared Cook. I mean, all these guys are on bye week. You know, Parham, Ebron, too, obviously. So uh, if you haven't planned ahead, like if you have one of those tight ends, it's not just you that needs the tight end. It's probably like four or five other people. Right. And not only that, but Kyle Pitts and George Kittle are on bye this week. So that, that's already two more guys that are probably already scooped up off waivers. So if you haven't done that, do it right now because it's going to be a bloodbath next week. It is. And, and you mentioned the, those are all – that was the hardest thing about drafting this year was that week seven bye because all of the early round talent guys were basically week seven. You know, mm-hmm. like you took a Dalvin Cook and you're coming back. You're like, well, Keenan Allen's there, but also saying bye or Zeke Elliott, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jet, like all those guys, y'all have the same, you know, bye week. So uh, a little bit of a tough go in week seven. We'll get through it, though. Of course, Coop and I will be here. Fantasy Lab team is here. Uh, Dan Manlin and his waiver wire article, you know, we'll be ready to get you going. Uh, but Coop, let's kick it off here. We have the Thursday night football game. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going in to face the Philadelphia Eagles in this one. We know Tampa's defense is an absolute mess right now. That entire secondary uh, dealing with injuries. Philadelphia coming off a win um, against Carolina last week, you know, but they're still, you know, they're, they're, to me, they're still kind of an, an iffy team to trust. Uh, they're seven point home dogs here, an over under total of 52 and a half. Um, where are you looking in this matchup on the Tampa Bay side to kick it off? Yeah, so for Tampa Bay, I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin playing full snap shares. Uh, those guys are pretty much set and forget. Uh, Antonio Brown, he's kind of been consistently playing like 60 70%, never plays the full amount, but he kind of comes out for run plays and plays a lot of the uh, pass plays anyway. So he's a guy that is interesting, you know, if if you need him. Uh, Leonard Fournette has just kind of run away with the, uh, the backfield there. Ronald Jones, he had the fumble and the... Uh, and then he let up a sack, which we talked about. So he's kind of been relegated there. Joe Bernard last week, he's he's been a little banged up, and he actually let up a sack himself. So Leonard Fournette for me is I'm starting him wherever I have him, whether it's, you know, one of my two running backs or at a flex spot. Like, he's in a good spot. Um, you know, with Gronk out, I we don't know if he's going to play or not. I, I wouldn't trust Gronk coming off the injury, you know, a rib injury anyway. And I'm not trusting Howard uh, – OJ Howard or Kim Brady either. They're, they're not really running a full snapshot either. So I'm, I'm just staying away from the Buccaneers tight ends across the board. But Leonard Fournette, Godwin, Evans, of course, Brady. I mean, there's still a lot of options on this team. Yeah, Philadelphia ranks 23rd in rush DVOA defense. So, um, you know, while we always look at this high-powered uh, Tampa Bay offense, if you look at the two road games that Tom Brady's played this year, he's only thrown one touchdown. He's thrown 14 touchdowns at home. 
uh, you know, this is being a Thursday night game on a short week. You know, maybe Brady, you know, doesn't like to travel to Philadelphia, you know, and the offense runs a little bit differently. Uh, this is certainly a matchup where, you know, 23rd and rush DVOA is not a good number. You could run mm. Lenny Fournette 20 plus times here and get a lot of production. Uh, Philly ranks uh, 10th uh, in pass DVOA. So, you know, right there in the middle, you know, top third of the of the league and, and pass defense. Not that it really matters when you're facing an offense as powerful um, as a Tampa Bay, you know, but something to at least look at if you're looking for a reason to lean Leonard Fournette this week. That's definitely a spot for it. Uh, where on Philly are you going here? Too? I mean, so Miles Sanders kind of dominated the snaps last week, surprisingly, because um, Gainwell had been playing a decent chunk. I mean, it was a positive game script. It could be a situation where, uh, you know, run, you know, run heavy games. They go miles, you know, but he played 50 snaps to only 16 for Kenneth Gainwell. So uh, Sanders now, but that's the thing. Now you get Tampa Bay, which is a tough run D. So maybe it will be a Kenneth Gamewell game. Um, you know, I can't really afford to bench Miles Sanders where I paid for him. Right. So, you know, yeah, I'll probably Tampa have him Bay's third in rush DVOA defense. So they're one of the league's elite. I mean, listen, we just watched our Patriots try to run against them. Uh, and they had, what, negative one rushing yards or something mm-hmm. like that? Like, it was a, it's no no good. Uh, but they were burned last week. Miles Gaskin had 10 catches on 10, 10 targets. So could be a Gamewell game, you know, like right. you mentioned, the pass yeah. catching back you know, did as well as he did against Tampa Bay last week. And we, we talked about that defense, you know, they're really hurting right now uh, in the secondary. So, um, you know, if you don't think much, uh, maybe Jalen Hurts throwing the football, you know, you got the tight ends and Goddard and Ertz and, you know, Devonta Smith and maybe Jalen Rieger steps in there. Like those guys can find themselves well, uh, having good weeks. Goddard's going to be out this week. Uh, I don't think he's going to pass the COVID protocol. Did Not going to be ready yet? Okay. I don't, I don't think he will because I – if it was Sunday, he might be able to make it. But what I've been seeing is that he's probably not going to be able to pass the two tests in time. Okay. Uh, so not sure. If, uh, yeah, definitely not sure. loading in Ertz then, right? Ertz, yeah, I think Ertz is probably a locked and loaded uh, pick there. Uh, and one interesting thing that I did notice is that this was the first time that Quez Watkins actually played more snaps than Jalen Rieger. So uh, Devonta Smith is a guy that I'm very interested in playing wherever I have him. But Quez Watkins... Uh, could be kind of a sneaky play, especially in DFS. If you're looking for, you know, somebody on that Thursday slate that might, you know, everyone did, might not. Did Rager do something to get the freeze out here? Because I mean, he had eight targets against Dallas, five catches for 53. And then week four against Kansas city, he had one target. And then now you're saying, you know, last week he had five, but he played less snaps than Quez Watkins, you know, yeah. like. Philly media has been reporting it as finally Quez Watkins gets more snaps than Rager. I'm like, I don't really, like you said, I don't see what he's done that has been so bad. He even had a big play that was called back uh, because of a penalty that wasn't on him uh, the week before that. So, uh, yeah. And just to add on to the, I know you mentioned the DVOA, but uh, Tampa Bay has been allowing only 45 rush yards a game on average. No other team is allowing um, less than 75. Yeah. So it's it's not even really close in that. No, they, you just don't run against them. I mean, it's some of it's been game script too, where like teams just can't run against them. But I mean, we saw week one. We've seen how good Zeke has looked this season, and then you almost forget that week one, everybody was calling that the demise was real. Remember that? Like everybody, right. everybody was doing their, uh, you know, their their cheering on there that they had the Zeke call right there, and they're and they were uh, oops. Yeah, oops, oops, oops. <laughs> uh, all right, next game we got Miami versus Jacksonville. Um, I thought I saw something that maybe Tua could be back. Or... Yeah, there's a lot up in the air here. Tua could be back. Devontae Parker could be back. Right. Will Fuller's on IR, so he's definitely out. But, uh, you know, for the wide receivers, like Jalen Waddell, he's playing the full snap share anyway. Um, Devontae Parker being back or not, 
I guess really all it depends on is whether you want to do a Preston Williams DFS Darth or not. I saw his name. I saw him come up with a big catch. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> he's back <laughs> he's back to to torment us uh and then of course mike Gusecki is basically playing wide receiver 94 percent of his snaps have been at wide receiver this year he's definitely an interesting play uh you know especially this week against the jaguars if it's if it's two of though i mean brissett has been throwing to him a ton but Tua wasn't throwing to him at all yeah so i think so for me um you look at what the patriots have done against the tight end going back to last year i mean look at the games against waller uh, sure. Kel- Kelsey Kittle, uh, we played uh, Hunter Henry last year. I mean, some of those guys only had two catches. Uh, you know, uh, Kelsey was held to three. While uh, Kittle was held to fifty yards, uh, we were a top five team against the tight end last year, and that was going up against some of the best tight ends. And so, week one this this year, I mean, they didn't even try it with Kaseki against the Patriots. But you know, I I don't know if I can one hundred percent hold that just to Tua, or maybe it's just you know, small sample size, bad matchup. So I'm not necessarily out there on Gusecki, especially against the Jaguars who have been pretty brutal. Andrew Wingard is just, he's on the back end of a lot of highlight reels for tight ends. You know, every John Smith touchdown last year, I feel like. So yeah. um, he, he's still interesting to me. Um, the weird thing with that, with this team that has, we have to talk about is the running backs, John. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to play any of them. Going on here. <laughs> like uh, I was looking at some of those numbers and um, basically you had, uh, for most of the season, it was Miles Sanders. And then in the background, Malcolm Brown and Salvin, um, uh, Salvin Obstead were kind of going back and forth, Ahmed. And then all of a sudden, Malcolm Brown, last week, the week before last, just played 35 snaps. And uh, Miles Gaskin played like 12 or 9 or something. And he hardly even played. And this week out of nowhere, Miles Gaskin plays the whole game, and Malcolm Brown doesn't even play. So, I mean, it could just be a one-week thing. I know Gaskin did let up a sack, but... You know, it's a little concerning that maybe we have a Kyle Shanahan situation here. I mean, it's it's definitely going to have you a little bit scared, you know? Yeah, it's, like I said, it's, it's impossible to trust either of them. Um, and this is actually a, a kind of an interesting matchup, um, you know, because Jacksonville doesn't have a good defense across the board. So, like, if they were to run, like, maybe they would be able to have some success against it. But I don't know. I mean, I guess Gaskins is the guy, but it seems like week to week you really you don't know. Uh, Jacksonville side of things, loving that we're seeing James Robinson – Finally get the workload that he deserves. Obviously, his touch and go early on there. Uh, and then, of course, my guy, Dan Arnold, out there leading the team in targets, tying in receptions, leading in yards. It didn't start off great. He fumbled his very first reception last week, uh, but they didn't shy away. He didn't get benched. The man was out there for 76% of the snaps or something like that. Like, he was, he is what we thought he was going to be in this offense. Yeah, and you, you know, you have always been a Dan Arnold guy, and when he came over, we talked about this. We said, look, they used James O'Shaughnessy like he was mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey. So, you finally Jake get Paulson a... also was getting 68% of the snaps, you know, right. like... So, yeah, you get a real pass-catching guy in, and, you know, the first week that he actually knows the playbook and stuff, plays 76% of the snaps, he played 30 snaps at wide receiver, mm-hmm. which is huge because, like, people always ask me, like, what's the big deal of playing inline tight end versus playing wide receiver? Well, first of all, you get better deployment from there because you can stand up, you're you're able to get a, run a higher ADOT routes, so you don't have to put your, you know, hand in the dirt, you don't have to get banged up by linemen. But on top of that, when you play that, uh, wide receiver role they often have another tight end in line like chris Manhurts playing the inline role and when you do that another wide receiver comes out of the game that just further consolidates the targets towards that tight end that's why it's so huge when you see like uh, that allowed you know dallas uh, zach Ertz all those years to be so productive is that they would have two tight ends out there and 
one of them would do nothing. So it was basically he was a, a leading wide receiver, and that's what you want to see. So for me, I'm definitely interested in Dan Arnold. Uh, for the wide receivers, I'm really only interested in Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault, unless your team has some so your league has some sort of massive bonus for return yards, and then you can maybe start thinking about Jamal Agnew. But that's what do you it. make of Chenault's usage last week? Um, from I saw on Twitter, and I wish I had kept the tweet, uh, but his role has changed. They moved him to an outside receiver spot as opposed to being on the inside. I don't know if, you, if you're seeing the same data there, but we talk a lot about how guys are, you know, benefit from where they kind of are either, in, you know, where they, they're positioned in the offense. Um, you know, if they did move him to the outside, maybe that explains why he goes from, you know, with seven to nine targets to three. Yeah, a drastic change, drastic change. So we're talking, he was playing about uh, 40 snaps, somewhere between 30 and 40 every game on the at slot and was only playing five to 10 uh outside this week he played 45 out wide and only seven in the slot so we're talking about a full role change jamal agnew moved into that slot role so um uh, you know in and it, we've seen this before we saw it with christian kirk in 2019 he played his first five games in the slot and you look at the amount of times he was targeted it was like 10 9 8 right and then they moved him outside and he had that one three touchdown game, but the rest of the year he just wasn't getting enough targets because that it's just tougher to throw those yeah, uh, outside deep outside routes. routes. So yeah, I, I, I think knew this... had eight targets last week. So yeah. like, you know, if Lawrence likes throwing to the tight end, likes throwing to the slot, you know, maybe Agnew becomes a little. You know, if he repeats it this week against Miami, he's probably more on your radar than outside of leagues where yeah. he's sure. just not playing enough. He only played four, Agnew only played forty five of seventy one snaps. Sure. So I mean, if you're talking about Agnew versus Dan Arnold. You got one guy who's playing more snaps. Right. Uh, he had, Arnold ran ran more routes, and he's tight end eligible. So right. for me, that's the way I'm going. 100%. Uh, next matchup here, we have Minnesota versus Carolina. Uh, Minnesota's run defense has been pretty decent, but their pass defense um, is pretty trash here. They rank 20th in DVOA against pass, sixth against a run. We don't know the status of Christian McCaffrey uh, this week. I think you know I saw Matt Rule say he he's hopeful that he'll be able to give it a go. Um, for DFS, I've actually put Darnold in my playbook this week. You know, I said, you know, I think this is a good opportunity maybe where people are going to be off him after a bad game against Philadelphia to jump right back on him in a good matchup here um, against Minnesota. You know, where are you on this Panthers offense? Yeah, so both these teams are kind of figured out at this point. Uh, the Panthers have kind of fallen back into what they like to do last year, which is 11 personnel, basically every snap. They use DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Terrace Marshall for the vast majority of the snaps, all of them played at least uh, 50 plus snaps. So that's what they want to do there. The uh, tight ends, neither one is playing enough. Uh, Ian Thomas actually ran more routes, 25 routes to only 16 for Tommy Tremble, but that's out of 43 pass plays. Yeah, that's just not, you know, that's, you need to be, if you're going to run 43 pass plays, you got to be running a minimum of 30 routes you know what i mean and we're talking the the real elite guys you can depend on if the team runs 43 pass plays you know travis kelsey's running 40 and maybe he's running 43 so right. uh that's you know that's where i'm at and then of course it's easy at running back you play cmc if he's playing you play chuba if cmc is out that's, mm -hmm. they, they like one guy yeah chuba over 100 yards last week you know again everybody who was sort of uh you know down on using your fab money on chuba hubbard you've gotten two weeks now maybe you know you're approaching maybe a third week of usage out of him and last week he did enough to be an rb1 so uh what money well spent for those who are who are maybe critical of, of using your fab money there you know i think again we've kind of proven uh that being uh being positive there um minnesota side you know again we mentioned already 
you know, they, it's it's Jefferson. It's one of the two running backs, whoever's active. Are you worried at all about Adam Thielen and recent usage there with him? No, no, I'm fine with Thielen. I mean, even this week, you know, he he salvaged a couple catches at the end, but he also had uh, people weren't that weren't watching the game. He also had a big catch over the middle that was uh, called back for a penalty. So, you know, he could have easily had the normal looking Thielen day where, you know, it was I think it was like a, a 30 something, 30, 30, 40 yard catch. It's a pretty big play. So mm-hmm. uh, could have easily just been a normal Thielen day. He's going to be fine. His deployment was, you know, running a full deployment. And then, you know, Tyler Conklin. This is a guy people were on, but, you know, as we kind of expected last week, he blocked on seven pass plays out of 32. This week, he blocked on eight pass plays. I mean, that's just, it's way too much. It's what held back Tyler Higby last year. It's what held back Chris Herndon. Because if you add that up, you know, seven, eight pass plays a game, even six pass plays a game. If you go at six pass plays a game in this season, that's 100 pass plays that you're not running a route on. You might as well be off the field. So Conklin. Yeah, you can. And the thing about Conklin is you're not going to start him this week. He's on by next week. Just you might as well just drop him, you know? Yeah, no, 100% with you there. Uh, next matchup is kind of interesting. We have the Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. Chicago's plus four and a half in this one. Uh, I'm still not really a, a, a believer in this in that offense, you know, with Fields and, um, you know, Fields even banged up a little bit. And you have Damian uh, Williams and Khalil Herbert there, you know, leading their ground attack. Um, on the flip side, you have Green Bay. We saw Devontae Adams do Devontae Adams things last week um, against Cincinnati. What I found intriguing with this was LaFleur's comments after that game when he said he, he was on the plane ride home thinking he wished he gave A.J. Dillon 12 more touches, uh, which hmm. is, you know, surprising, right? Or, or maybe not surprising. I mean, he is a guy that we saw get four catches in that game. You know, they, they talked about, you know, the week before he and, and uh, Aaron Jones tied in the amount of carries they both saw they used the second round pick on him. I've talked a lot about the comparisons of LaFleur when he's offensive coordinator with the uh, the Titans. They had Derrick Henry and then his first opportunity to, you know, have a draft. He goes and draft, you know, a power style back like a Henry uh, in the second round and A.J. Dillon. You know, if LaFleur is publicly commenting, I wish I got this guy the ball more. You know, maybe now is the time to go make some offers for A.J. Dillon, um, you know, moving forward if you're in a league where he may be available actually the first time that i'm hearing that quote and as as an uh, aaron jones owner like the hair like stood up on my arm it was like if you were gonna have a like haunted uh fancy football halloween house you would just have uh lafleur come out and say we got to get the back up the ball more you yeah, know what i mean like good god man yeah this is a uh, tom silverstein uh who's milwaukee journal sentinel LaFleur said he left the stadium yesterday wishing he had given the ball to A.J. Dillon more than 12 times. I'm sorry, not 12 more times, more than 12 times. So he still wants them to get him more touches. Uh, he said his receiving talent has been evident. Do you feel confident in his skill set and that aspect of the game moving forward? So That's scary. That's scary. I mean, uh, if you look at the snap counts, Aaron Jones still played more. It was kind of the classic um, split that they had kind of last year with Jamal Williams. But, uh, you know, it's still something that that concerns you a little bit. Uh, you know, for the rest of that Packers offense, Tonyan's been invisible. Uh, Tonyan, I always say it wrong, but uh, he's been invisible. You don't respect him, so I just, you know, <laughs> he's just a guy. It's fine. Um, but you know, he he always played a fifty to sixty percent snap share. This was the same as last year. It's nothing new. So anyone wondering about the snaps, like this is what he always was. It's just now his touchdown dependency is more exposed than ever because they actually have 
Alan Lazard and they have Randall Cobb and they have other players to throw the ball to. Um, I was surprised to see that Devonta Adams played 58 of 64 snaps. Alan uh, Lazard played 55 of 64 and they both played exactly 37 pass plays. So with MVS out, uh, you know, Lazard is a guy that's out there. Every snap could be kind of an interesting, uh, you know, dart throw type play. The bears, uh, do have that cornerback Johnson that's been pretty good. Uh, nobody's good enough to really stop or slow down Devontae Adams, but you know, just having a decent cornerback does open up the door for other options. You know, do you have any interest in that at all, or what do you think? Um, a little bit. I mean, I want to see it. Obviously, if you if you have you know an open spot in your roster or bye week, yeah, maybe you take the dart throw, but it's obviously it's a zero floor play. You know, so it's definitely something to. To worry a little bit about, but yeah, I mean, listen, he was somebody we were high on last year and injuries kind of cut him down and he came back and he was a little productive. So um, I'm fine there. Uh, any other comments on this one, on this game? Uh, for the Bears, um, I mean, I just want to see them throw the ball more. You know, they've been throwing the ball, what, 20 times a game, 26 here. Yeah, I mean, they're like, still not doing what, what Fields does well. Right. Well, I guess we don't know what Fields does well yet, but like, well, but people's perception of things that would be good for Fields is like, Get him on the roller, get him on sort of play action and let him use his legs a little bit, creates time for receivers to get open, then use his arm to get guys downfield. And like they're just not they're not doing that. So, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, so when David Montgomery was healthy, this offense was kind of the offense that we like for fantasy. Two wide receivers playing every snap, a tight end playing a ton of slot and then one running back. I mean, now that David Montgomery's hurt, uh, Khalil Herbert and David Williams actually split the the. Uh, snaps pretty much down the middle actually Herbert played 34 to only 31 for Damian Williams so kind of interesting there but um, you know a guy like Cole Komet when you boil down the um, the percentages I mean he's playing like 90 percent of the snaps he's running like 80 percent of the routes he's when he gets four targets out of 20 passes I mean mathematically that's a 20 percent uh, target share so I mean what we, I just want to see what it looks like when they throw 40 times. They get the Packers this week. They get the Buccaneers next week, I'm pretty sure, So, um, or week eight. So they have the Buccaneers coming up soon. You can't just throw it 20 times against those teams. I just really want to see what it looks like, you know, so that I can drop Cole Komet, the place that I have stashed. You know, I can drop Darnell Mooney maybe if they're just never right. going to throw. But I just want to see it, you know. Uh, next matchup we have, we have Houston uh, Texans against the Indianapolis Colts here. Uh, Colts are nine-and-a-half point favorites. We just saw – uh, Carson Wentz throw for over 400 yards and complete over 70% of his passes against um, against Baltimore. I think this is sort of a sample size or a, a, a game flow number because if you look at DVOA against the the pass this season, Houston actually ranks ninth, but they're 30th in DVOA against the run. Um, it could just be that teams get up early and they just run the football on Houston, so the numbers look worse than they do against the pass, but. Either way, this just feels like a big Jonathan Taylor game, hopefully. Yeah, I think it will be. And I think uh, kind of uh, that's exactly what's going on with the Texans defense. And that's actually trickling down to the tight ends, too, where you see like teams like the Bills go up by so much that, you know, in the first game of the season against the Steelers when they were struggling, they used four wide receiver sets on 45% of the snaps. In a game like the Texans, it was like 7%, you know, and that's like Dawson Knox is out there every play, you know, he's out there you know, blocking for the running game and he's out there making plays and same with the Patriots. This, you know, when they played the Texans, it's like when, you know, I mean, it wasn't as it was a more of a sloppy game, but the Patriots wouldn't run heavy too. So I don't mm-hmm. think the Texans aren't really the kind of like team where you look at it and say, Oh, 
you know, Carson Wentz threw for a, for a million yards last week. He's going to throw for a million again this week. It's more like uh, they'll probably have the game in hand and they'll mm-hmm. be able to, you know, hand the ball off to Marlon Mack if they feel like it, you right. know, so. Uh, and again, people are reaching out to me about Moelle Cox. Moelle Cox hasn't run. Uh, he's never, He hasn't led the team in routes run in the last two weeks. I mean, Kylan Granson did, then Jack Doyle did. So, uh, again, I can't really trust that guy. But, I mean, if you really want to use him, I would do a DFS throw. I wouldn't put him in, like, a real lineup, you know. Is there anybody in Houston you would consider? I mean, Brandon Cooks is always interesting. He He's just always going to be a guy where I look at my lineup and say, Okay, I'm the underdog this week versus a good team. I need somebody who could just go crazy, and you put him in there. You know what I mean? The floor is obviously low, but Brandon Cooks is the guy that I'm most interested in. Um, I mean, Chris Conley's playing a ton of snaps. Uh, Chris Moore came over with David Cully from the Ravens. So, may, But, I mean, but the weird thing about that is he brought Chris Moore over, and then he released him, and then they brought him back and released yeah. Anthony Miller, who they paid a fifth round pick for it just, this team is baffling to me. So, uh, you know, in a crazy pinch, David Johnson, but in reality, it's just Brandon cooks. Yeah. It's just Brandon cooks. Um, the Rams going to New York to face the giants here. Uh, New York giants currently getting nine and a half points as a home dog, 48 and a half game total. Uh, I tweeted earlier and, you know, it's actually looking a little bit better for, um, potentially for the giants as Slayton, uh, returned to practice today. Uh, but, you know, we were looking at a possible starting lineup before that news of uh, Daniel Jones, Devontae Booker, Colin Johnson, John Ross, C.J. Board, and Evan Ingram as a starting lineup for the uh, for the Giants there this week <laughs> against the Rams. Um, I mean, they're just decimated by injury. Uh, hard to really have any confidence in, in much going there as they go up against the Rams here. Yeah, I mean, if you could possibly just kind of sit back and watch on this one, then I, that's what I would do because it's it's just so up in the air because Kadarius Tony's been playing a ton, but now Shepard and Slayton, the veterans, come back. We, you know, is Galladay going to be out? What's do we know what the deal is with him? Is he going to play or? Uh, I don't believe Galladay is going to play. He had a hyperextended knee. Um, I got him listed as doubtful right now. Uh, let's see. He didn't participate in practice today, so uh, it's probably not looking good for him to be available. Uh, was that I saw that Slayton return. Let me check on Shepard real quick here. Uh, Shepard still listed as questionable. He was a limited participant at practice, so well, it's possible that Slayton and Shepard come back. It doesn't really make it much. It doesn't make it a great matchup for either one of them, but I mean. Maybe better for Slayton, knowing that that Ramsey's been playing a lot of slot, and that's where Shepard would likely come out of. Yeah, I mean, the question is who's going to tether their foot to the line and be that split end. You know, um, if if at least if either one of Shepard or Slayton are out, then they might have to go heavy two tight end set setups. Um, you know, because Kadarius Tony's not going to do it. Right. Uh, you know, and Slayton could they could do what uh, Brandon Cooks has sometimes played that role as a field stretcher type guy where he just put him tethered to the line and hope that he just beats his guy, beats the jam, you know, blast off the line, which I've seen Darius Slayton do. Uh, but again, like if you can avoid it, I would. Uh, Kadarius Tony, though, has been electric. So, um, you know, yeah, kind everybody, of a- everybody who booed that pick, um, you <laughs> know, when they made it, it's now understanding oh, maybe this first round pick can actually do a little bit something. Uh, when you give them the opportunity to, so yeah, uh, he's been impressive. They force-fed him targets. He's, I mean, he's 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 looking good. So all of those that were down on him, um, they had a little bit of an apology potentially. Uh, you also can't be throwing punches in games though. You can't be getting yourself ejected. So 
Um, you know. Real, real Florida day for Kadarius Tony. <laughs> yeah, really got to work <laughs> yourself out there. Um, on the Ram side of things, I mean, you know, Henderson. You know, last week everybody's like, oh, we saw Sony Michelle jump in there, and he's working. Anybody who watched that game saw Henderson leave with an injury for a little bit. He had some sort of like an elbow stinger or a shoulder stinger, but you know, when he came back in, you know, he was the primary back for a lot of the, a lot of that work. Um, you know, he's played you know 90% of snaps two weeks prior, 66 last week, 17 carries for 82 yards. You know, I'm expecting this to be a game. You know, and Vegas kind of does too, where Rams go up early, man. Henderson's probably going to run them out. Yeah, it's you know, you start Robert Woods, you start Cooper Cup, you start Daryl Henderson. Unless you have crazy options, then you start um, Matthew Stafford. Uh, I got one for you. In a four-point passing league, I have uh, Jalen Hurts and Matthew Stafford. Which way would you go with that, John? This is a live I, – I want to know your answer to this one. I think I'm going to go Hurts because he can. his running ability helps them, and they're facing – I mean, that Tampa defense is so injured right now. It's mm. hard for me to not think that Hurts can – can you know throw it's not to say that i don't think that stafford can either but i worry about the the spread of this game and and maybe the game flow i was hesitant putting stafford in the dfs playbook this week for my quarterback coach for that very reason you know i kind of was like let's hope he throws for two or three touchdowns and then they run it out and they don't run into touchdowns instead um because i don't think they're going to be a need for him to throw 45 times on this one yeah all right i just moved him in live that's, that's that's where i am that's where i would lean um, blame me next week if that move does not pay off for you. No, that's fine. It's a, it's a, I've already, I've already, uh, I've already chalked it up to John said so. And Thursday games are more fun. So. It's true. Thursday games are a lot more fun. Uh, next matchup, this one also could potentially be a lot of fun. Uh, we have the Kansas City Chiefs fresh off their loss to Buffalo, going into Washington to face the football team. Uh, football team is getting seven points in this one. Um, Tyree killed in practice today with a knee. I don't know if I saw Kelsey practice or not um you know that that chiefs team got banged up in buffalo they lost ceh as i mentioned kelsey and uh and tyreek got banged up a little bit mahomes hasn't been looking great he's at think, seven interceptions over the last four weeks something like that mm-hmm. um but washington secondary is one of the worst in football they can just get by that front seven um yeah i think there's gonna be a good bounce back spot here for mahomes yeah i just want to say about the washington football team that like it's kind of like in Step Brothers where they're interviewing for that job and they're like farting. And then eventually the guy is like, now the suits are kind of messed up. (laughs) Like that's kind of where I am with the, at first I was like, oh, Washington football team. And you know, it's funny or whatever. And now that I'm hearing all the turmoil coming out about Dan Snyder and I look back, I look at them just calling the team that and the word art logo that they have there. Which yeah. is, I'm like, now that it's kind of just messed up. Like this is kind of a disaster, you know? Yeah. I think um, they're waiting to release a new, uh, a new name and logo for when they clear out the current ownership regime personally. Um, I mean, yeah, you're talking about Dan Snyder, but you know, not that I don't want to go into it at all, but the, the Gruden emails were, you know, in, in who that was being involved and sent to around and, and Bruce Allen and everything that's supposedly going on with him as well. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that, that whole organization needs like, it needs a right. fresh cleansing. And if, uh, you know, if when they do it, you'll have a if, new name post and logo probably. Yeah. If you want to, and if, if that's not enough, if you want just a little more uh, reason to hate Dan Snyder, Google Dan Snyder trees. And the story is just ridiculous where they told him he couldn't cut the trees down in his behind his house because it was literally protected land. And then he just went and did it anyway. <laughs> and like 
not only that, but like the dude that told him not to do it, he ended up like reaching out to a high up friends of his and getting that guy fired, like ruin that guy's life. It's just the, this guy is kind of, you know, he's kind of a jerk. So yeah. uh, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, to say it lightly. So, yeah. um, like we talk about all the time, though, the one thing we like about the Chiefs is that their offense is pretty concentrated. Um, I guess I want to ask your question here on Darrell Williams. You know, where are you, um, you know, in terms of value for him? Do you see him slipping in that CEH role? Do you see McKinnon cutting into a little bit more of it? You know, where where do you stand on that play? Yeah, so it does look like McKinnon's going to play some pass snaps. Uh, I pulled up the data uh, from last week. Uh, Darrell Williams played 37 snaps. Uh, you know, got most of the carries. There weren't many carries to be had once CH, CH was out. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, Jerick McKinnon played 27 snaps, so only 10 less than Williams. Uh, Williams played 31 pass snaps. McKinnon played 24. So I think it's going to be like a, uh, I would call it like a Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams split where, um, you know, uh, Darrell Williams gets most of the run work like Aaron Jones, and then they split the pass plays kind of evenly, but Aaron Jones probably still gets a little more. So I think it's going to work out fine for Darrell Williams, but he's not going to all of a sudden just be like this, um, you know, league winner. I don't think either, uh, you know, and like you said, for the chiefs really only care about Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey, Josh Gordon only played nine snaps. So unless he magically jumps up to 30 or 40 this week, then you, you know, it's kind of tough to hold on to him in shallow leagues. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, if Hill doesn't play, is that, who does that benefit? It's always been, you know, the idea has been Miko Hardman, but is that, is that still the case here? Yeah, I think it is. I think he was, I think he was drafted. If you really think about it, he was drafted as a Tyreek Hill replacement to begin with. I mean, he was drafted while the whole saga was, saga was going on where uh, Tyreek Hill, his son broke his arm and there was questions about what happened. And then the voicemail came out where he was like threatening them. Like that was when Michael Hardman got drafted. I think he was always kind of just supposed to be like a backup to what, um, what Tyreek Hill offers. So I think he slides right into that role, which, so if Hill is out, I'm definitely interested there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I watched it. You were the one that uh, pointed out to me the uh, the Ricky, Ricky Seals, Seals Jones, Jones. Yeah. ultimate revenge game here too, man. Ultimate revenge right, game. Right, they didn't let him because I was the one saying, "Hey, Ricky Seals Jones is the best." Even though they're keeping him on ice, he's the backup for Travis Kelsey if anything were to happen. But then nothing really ever happened, so we never really got to see it. But I mean, this guy's just a pure pass catcher. He doesn't really block well. Um, and ninety nine percent of the snaps last week. <laughs> well, the week before, I looked at the week before. Logan Thomas played four snaps and uh and then he got hurt and then uh, ricky seals jones came in or sorry logan thomas played five snaps and then he got hurt ricky seals jones played 62 there were 67 total snaps played in the game so between him and logan thomas they played 100 percent. so this guy <laughs> since since logan thomas has gotten hurt there's been uh you know 150 plays and he's played like 149 of them so uh again now he's going up against the chiefs who have been you know letting people score kind of at will at the tight end position Austin so. Knox last week tore right. him apart cooped him much much to your dismay you know yeah. <laughs> daniel Sorensen is not particularly great at covering and if you ask him to cover somebody for 14 seconds or whatever it is in the rain like he's just not gonna happen yeah so he that, covers him for the first five yards and he's like oh that guy's behind me right. oh well yeah. I mean, at that play, like, you know, it was a lo- long play in the rain. Dotson Knox <laughs> got behind him, you know, good for him. But, uh, you know, like, I'm definitely interested. If you need a spot start, 
you know, he's the guy. The only yeah. thing is that Logan Thomas will be back eventually. Yeah, he's on IR, so he's at least out for two more weeks, I think. So. Two more, yeah, exactly. And he's got another good matchup next week. The Packers aren't that great. I mean, Devondre Campbell can at times be a problem for tight ends uh, if he's on. I mean, he had a big interception this week, but, uh, you know, it depends how they want to deploy guys, you know. Big interception this week because Joe Barrow threw one of the worst throws I've ever seen uh, in my life. But um, yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other thing here at Washington is um, – you know, they don't really have a lot of options either to catch a football, right? It's Terry McLaurin, it's been Ricky Seals-Jones, and Adam Humphreys, I guess, has been somebody that's been stepping up because, you know, Danny Brown's been out, Curtis Samuel re-injured himself, big shocker there. Uh, you know, last week, you know, I was able, I managed to cash in DFS last week, Coop, with the zero points from Curtis Samuel. So, like, you know, that that that's a killer if you're just understanding that aspect of it, being able to to make some money with a zero, but I shouldn't have believed in the Curtis Samuel tree there. But Adam Humphreys is, you know, I, I don't have the snap count in front of me. I'm sure you have it or, or could pull that up. But, I mean, it seems like Henneke throws to him when he's, you know, on the field. So Yeah, and I guess another deeper league one that's kind of quiet is DeAndre Carter played 58 of 83 uh, snaps and he actually got eight targets, you know, so wow. four, four catches for 62. He even had a rush, 11 yard rush. So, uh, I mean, gotta be deep league. One of those leagues like the Scott Fish Bowl, where there's like 11 starting guys, you got a bunch of flexes, but I mean, it's not crazy that, you know, he's going to be out there playing opposite of Terry McLaurin. He played more snaps than Adam Humphreys, uh, you know, not outside the realm of possibilities. So that's a no. name to know Deandre Carter. Yeah, definitely something to pay attention to there. Um, Bengals Lions next match up here. Detroit's getting three points in this one. Um, you know, I love the Cincinnati offense on the outside. You know, you look at Jamar Chase, who's been an absolute stud. You got Higgins, you got Boyd, you got Burrow, you got Mixon, you know, but my my issue is the play calling. My issue mm-hmm. is that they want to run the football in Cincinnati. Last week with Mixon not a hundred percent. You figured this would have been a game against Green Bay, a competitive back-and-forth game where maybe Burrow would have thrown 40, 50 times. But they gave 22, I think it was, total touches be- or carries between Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. You know, they they wanted to run the football, and you can run the football against Detroit. And this is where I, I worry a little bit. I actually have Joe Burrow listed in the fade section of my QB coach this week for DFS. Um, if you're in seasonal and you have, you know, another option, you know, maybe it's worth looking into because – I don't think they want him throwing as much. I think Jamar Chase will still get his, but I worry about the total volume that that Burrow's going to potentially throw in this game when, if Mixon's healthy, they kind of want to give him 20 carries. So, you know, that's where I am with this Cincinnati offense. Yeah, no, I think that's right. With the with with the Lions, they've been, they're in kind of a rough spot. I mean, they they're missing a lot of people with injury. We'll talk about that next, but uh, I just I think that this should be a fairly easy win. And what did you say the spread was for this one? Only three. But that it's in Detroit. It's in Detroit, yeah. So it's more so, like six if it was neutral field. Yeah. So I think it it shouldn't be too difficult. I think you're right that they'll probably want to run it as much as possible. But um, you know, you got to start Jamar Chase where you have him. Uh, and I'm starting yeah. T T Higgins too. Yeah, Boyd, Boyd Boyd is borderline for me at this point. I mean, right. he saved fantasy owners last week, you know, with those late catches, but he had a zero going into like the third or fourth quarter of that game. Um, you know, because again, they, they, they weren't throwing a lot. They were start. It was, I mean, I, I, I had stacked the Bengals. So, you know, I had, you know, I still got 20 points there. I had chase, I had Higgins, it all worked out, but they were going drives where it was like first and 10 handoff, you know, third and, you know, second and eight handoff third and six incomplete. And you're like, what, what's going on? Why are they not throwing the football? 
um, even late in those drives and they were trying to improve their field. They, that game had, was it five straight missed field goals between the two of them at the end there? Absolutely. It was because the coaches weren't throwing the football to improve field position. They were doing these two-yard plunges up the middle and they weren't doing anything. So, um, you know, kind of frustrating, but you're you're pointing out the Detroit side. Uh, right. Quintus Cephas just went on IR. You know, they're who do they have left, right? It's Armand St. Brown out of necessity, you know, because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they have nobody else. Yeah, and so we talked about it a lot on this show where Amon Ra just was was just playing the slot uh, almost exclusively. This week he actually did move out and played 17 snaps out wide, which up until this point he's never played more than eight. And, you know, the game where he played eight, they had 93 offensive plays. So not really – like he was playing 80% of his snaps in the slot, which is where, where like Cole Beasley lives, and you know, Anthony Miller. Uh, but now it looks like he is going to kind of move out to the outside. Uh, you know, it's basically him – Khalif Raymond and Kaderil Hodge. Those are the guys. Kaderil Hodge is your classic split end placeholder. That's what he was for the Browns. He goes out, puts his foot on the line so that everyone else can move in motion. He's a decent blocker. He's not a guy you're probably ever going to start in in fantasy. Uh, One thing people aren't talking about is Tyrell Williams. I mean, now it's getting kind of scary at this point that he's been out. It's a concussion that he has. So, um, you know, prayers up for him. or whatever you can offer his direction. I mean, anytime it's a head injury and you miss five weeks now going on six and the coach says it's not going to be soon, that is a little scary. So hopefully uh, no long lasting damage there. And he does. All right. Yep. hundred percent with you there. Never want to see anybody go down uh, with an injury. Uh, any other thoughts on this matchup here on either side? Yeah, I'd say dude, stick with TJ Hawkinson. He's you know playing a he's he ran more routes than any other player last week. He played 26 snaps at wide receiver, only pass blocked three times. I don't know where that narrative is coming from that he's been having to stay inside, but it's not you know it's not true. It's not uh, you know it's not actually in the numbers. It's not in the plays. Uh, and the Bengals they look like a good team versus tight end on paper, but they haven't really played anybody. You know if you look at their schedule. So uh, in terms of good tight ends, so I think that Hawkinson's a guy that I'm sticking with. Uh, at least give him another week here. Um, and, you know, with the running backs, you start DeAndre Swift, wherever you got him, especially in PPR. Yeah, uh, 100% there. That guy is, uh, you know, they're just giving him the passing work volume. It's, it's, it's huge for his fantasy value. Uh, next matchup, we have Chargers-Ravens. I mean, you have Herbert, almost 400 yards, 398 and four scores last week against a defense who just gave up 400 passing yards to Carson Wentz. Um, Lamar Jackson on the flip side, we saw do superhero things uh, last week. I was down. I tweeted this out. I was down 35 plus points in three leagues. Don't want to talk about why I was down 35 plus points, but I had Lamar Jackson as my quarterback in all three of those leagues and came back and won epically, much to the dismay of those who uh, I was playing against. Um, you know, this this uh, Chargers defense it gave up over 40 points to uh, Cleveland. You know, Chargers are one of the worst teams against the run. You know, Baltimore's running backs really aren't that great. You know, Latavius Murray, not good. Tyson Williams, you know, in the doghouse for whatever reason. You know, so I don't necessarily know if, if that is going to come into play as much. Um, but, you know, I, I'm intrigued uh, in this matchup to see how everything plays out. I mean, Hollywood Brown, I mean, he is he's playing like Antonio at this point. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, Lamar's proven everybody that he can throw again. Mandrews had a monster game uh, last week. So this is going to be a fun matchup. 
Yeah, I mean, like, um, this this Monday night Ravens game is turning into, like, I feel like it's turning into, like, Woodstock stories, where everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, man, I was there, and, you know, I was down by 60, but I had Lamar and Hollywood and... Jonathan uh, Taylor. You know, like, and Mark and Mark Andrews, and they yeah. scored, you know, they scored 11 touchdowns. It's like, everyone, I had, just like yourself, I had, like, three of those matchups. I had one matchup where I was down by, like, 10 with you know, four minutes left in the game. And I had Mark Andrews in the Ravens defense and the defense blocked the kick. And then Andrews scored and got the two point conversion. And right. that's, that's how I took the lead. And it was like things that you're like, you know, things that you're just not expecting to happen. I, I, I also had the reverse of that, where I, I won a, a matchup uh, by 0.7 uh, with my opponent having Michael Pittman, who got shut out in overtime and like in all of the fourth quarter. So gotcha. I was like, I, I was fading the Pittman play you know, I needed. I wanted them to score that touchdown there at the end, but missed the two point conversion. So the the Coles would have just knelt on it, and so they hit it, went to OT, didn't matter. They got the ball, and, and they never gave the Colts a chance. But um, yeah, there was a whole bunch of winners in that in that matchup. So uh, it's going to be an exciting one, right? Yeah. So I mean, you're looking at the Chargers. You know where the ball goes. Goes to Eckler. Goes to Mike Williams. Goes to Keenan Allen. It's pretty pretty straightforward. Same thing for Baltimore. Rashard Bateman's expected to potentially make his debut. I don't necessarily know what that's going to impact. I know a lot of people are excited about him being put into this offense, but you know, I'm not going to go out there and trust him in week one. You know, it's probably not what I'm going to be doing. So, you know, it's going to be Andrews Brown and the running game there. Latavius Murray. Yep. And I like, you look at with Sammy Watkins with the hamstring, it's like, if anything, Rashad Bateman affects who? Devin Duvernay and James Proch, like guys who weren't starting anyway. So um, not at all worried about that. Yeah, so I'm going with the guy. You know, this is an easy one. Just go with the guys you know, you know. And um, again, with like a guy like Jared Cook, if you're not going to start him in a week like this, he's got a bye week the week after. I mean, why even holding on to him? Right. You know, so Mm -hmm. things to think about. 100%. Uh, Arizona versus Cleveland's the next matchup on the slate here. Cleveland's giving three at home, uh, 49 and a half game total. Uh, Arizona coming off sort of a less than exciting win uh, against the 49ers with 17-10, I think that game was. Um, Cleveland obviously, you know, had that 40-plus pointer um, against the Chargers. They they lost that game, didn't they? They lost the Chargers last week? I forget now at this point. Uh, 47-42, yeah, they lost that one. They but lost. both running backs went off. Uh, Hunt had a huge game. Chubb had a good game. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's really it though for offense from Cleveland, right? Like their receivers again, didn't really do David Njoku. What's the deal with him, Coop? Yeah. I mean, he's just not playing enough snaps for me. He's not running enough routes really is what it is. Cause it's like, like I said earlier, 38 pass plays, he only runs 21 routes. I mean, he's, it's been like this all year where it's like he runs 15 and Hooper runs 20 or this week, Hooper runs 18. He runs 21. It's just, it's not enough to be consistent. You know, he, if he was on another team, uh, you know, with his athleticism playing slot and stuff, then, you know, then I would be like, okay, you know what? I'm kind of interested in this guy in this situation. He lines up in line. He lined up in line for 30 snaps. Like I'm just, for me, it's, it's not a, uh, he doesn't offer consistency with his usage, you know? So for me, uh, you know, I'm starting both Chubb and Hunt where I have them. And then I make a decision on Odell based on who else I have beyond that. I'm not really too interested in these guys because they just want to run three tight end sets and run the ball. You know, that's yeah. what they want to do. Yeah. It's, it's tough to really figure out how you want to approach this. Um, for the, um, Arizona side of things, you know, we have, uh, the Browns with the fifth best rush defense, defense per DVOA. If you put stock in those numbers, 19th against the pass, 
Um, on the road, I mean, Cleveland's defense had been pretty good. You know, obviously last week, notwithstanding, you know, do you, I mean, you have to play obviously Hopkins. You have to play, um, you know, you're playing Kyler, you're playing Edmonds. You know, would you play Connor? Do you believe in the touchdown that he's been scoring? Or, or you know, where where else in this offense? Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, you know, what are we looking at for Arizona? Yeah, I mean, you definitely play Kyler Murray. You definitely play DeAndre Hopkins. From there, it's all dependent on what what kind of league you're in and what else you have. You know what I mean? Like guys like James Conner that are straight, very touchdown dependent. I mean, maybe in a standard league or best ball, but, you know, not in PPR for me. No way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then again, it's like A.J. Green, Kirk, Rondell Moore with Max Williams out and kind of done for the year here. Uh, maybe they do. Uh, get a little more action. I mean, uh, if you're out there and you were a Max Williams guy, which I wasn't, and you went out and picked up Demetrius Harris, then you're you might as well just unfollow me on Twitter. Now. <laughs> that is, it's the opposite of the way that I like to look at things and do things. I mean, he's those guys are there to block, and uh, he's going to keep playing to block. But I think you know the the balls are going to keep going to the athletic guys. So yeah, I'm with you there. And for those you know, again, there's been a lot of people victory lapping James Conner. There's a lot of people who were happy about James Conner, you know, thinking that he was going to be there to lead back. Um, yeah, you know what? He's got 10 plus touches in in four of the five weeks of the season. He's got four touchdowns. Yeah, sorry, he's got five touchdowns over the last three weeks. Uh, he's yet to have a game where he's averaged over four yards per carry. You know, mm-hmm. the last two weeks was 2.9 and 2.8. You know, against the Rams and the 49ers, this is a good run defense against Cleveland. He needs to score the touchdown, even if he gets the 10 carries, even your 30 yards, and he's not giving you much else in the passing game. So um, I'm with you there. It's, it's basically he has to be your flex on a bye, or else you're, you know, you're really struggling. Uh, there, I mean, you could be right. The way the running back position is Ben Coop. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, we, it's we, we like I talk said. about you know, you know, Devonte Booker starting now, and we talk about you know Darrell Williams, and you know, you might need James Conner at this point, given given the way um, you know I mean, all give, this is working. So, it's kind given, of, I mean, given Booker's snap share, I mean, I'd much rather have Booker. He kind of went in there and played the whole game. Yeah, you know? so. yeah, for sure. Um, so the next matchup that we're um, that we're going to be taking a look at here, Coop. I just actually clicked off my page. Do you have the, do you yeah, have the next team? It's uh, the Dallas. I'll do my best uh, John and Pemba impression nice. here. You got the Dallas Cowboys at the New England Patriots. Uh, the line opened up at 48 over under, and now it's up to 52. So the money is coming in on the over for that game, and it seems to be coming in on the Cowboys side because it opened up at plus two for the Patriots at home. Now it's plus three and a half. What don't what what don't we know about this game? Why we've seen the Patriots play, we've seen Dallas play. Why is it a field goal game? What's what's happening here? Um, you know, should where be Dallas should be England? Dallas by a bunch, right? Yeah, where well, where is the over coming in? Because where's I mean, where how's New England scoring? What's what's they've been enthusiastic about the way we scraped by against the Texans last week? <laughs> like I, it's the worst I, team in the league. Yeah, unless the over is because again, they're thinking that New England's going to hang like. 28 points in this game right yeah. like maybe they're looking at the cowboys have not been great against the tight end i mean overall the thing is you look at the overall numbers they're not great but you got to remember they played uh gronk had two touchdowns and then they played the eagles which anytime i'm looking at overall points scored against a team and they play the eagles i i automatically discount it a little bit because the eagles use two pass catching tight ends it's going to juice those numbers compared to a right. team that just uses one you know so right. uh, you know it's like i yeah, you're right i i honestly as a patriots fan i would be laying my money on the cowboys yeah, to come doesn't this feel right. like a 35-7 game or something like that like i don't see we have no running game right mm. damian harris Ramondre stevenson 
they're both they're both trash. At least they've been trash. You know, Harris keeps on fumbling, which is a quick way to get in the doghouse. And then uh, Stevenson against Houston had like 12 yards on 11 touches. That's not going to get it done. And he also has been fumbling. He's, He's also been fumbling, right? So like, I don't know where the where where the balls James, have been here. James White's gone. Brandon Bolden came in to be James White this week. He let up a sack. Uh, you know, uh, they put Trent Brown on IR, so he has no chance of playing this week, obviously. Um, so, you know, the Dave Cowboys are healthy. going to shut down Bourne, I guess, probably. Like, I, if, you know, Aguilar maybe would be the guy they throw him on here. But, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know where, where New England's supposed to score here. So, I, I, you know, I, Dallas in the under is how I would approach this one. But, uh, you know, from the Dallas side of things, I wrote up, you know, in, in the, the quarterback coach, I strongly considered putting Dak in the fade section for where he's priced because of how bad New England is, you know, just in general defensively against the run, right? right. Like this feels like a game where Zeke gets 25 touches, 150 and two scores, and Dak doesn't need to throw. So could easily happen, you know, and it's like, so for me, I do like the one guy from the Patriots that I do like where I'm starting uh, in most places where I have him. Cause if you have this guy, you, you know, you don't really have any other options. I'm starting Hunter Henry, you know, yeah. because he, uh, if you look at it, I was kind of blaming it on the hip for Johnny Smith, you know, the lack of playing time, but he played 40 snaps, both Henry and John who played 40 snaps. Uh, Henry ran 22 routes, Johnny ran six. So, you know, if that doesn't tell you how they feel right now about the deployment for those players, um, it seems pretty clear. We're not talking about like one guy ran, we're not talking about like the, you know, the Browns where one guy ran 20 and the other guy ran 18. We're talking about 22 and six. Uh, and this is a team that has, you know, let up some points. You know, we saw what Gronk did. We saw what Ertz Goddard did. So um, I'm interested there. And Jacoby Myers just playing every pass play. He played all 33 pass plays last week. So um, unless they take him away with digs, which is a real possibility, he's still a PPR play, you know? So, uh, yeah. and then on the Cowboys side, it's the same as it, same as it ever was. CD, Amari, Zeke, uh, Dalton Schultz, if you need him, but it's a terrible matchup for tight ends, really. The Patriots are, we talked, I already said it earlier, you know, the Patriots, what they've done against who they've played, you know, Medford Rewind, if you forgot, but it was like Kelsey, all these guys, yeah. uh, you know, Gasecki, week one, zero catches. The Saints tight ends versus the Patriots, both of them had combined for zero catches. So, um, you know, it's not a great matchup, but, yeah. you know, if if you're struggling, then go with it, you know. Yeah. 100% there. Uh, next matchup, we got the Raiders versus the Broncos. Um, Denver's giving three and a half year over under 44. Again, this is a tough one for me because I don't know what's how how Vegas is going to react to everything that happened this week. You know, Gruden's gone. They got their special teams coach in there. Um, you know, is there going to be a change in offensive philosophy? You know, like all of a sudden now, you know, Drake was in Gruden's doghouse. Is he is he in this new coach's doghouse? You know, like do they want to go downfield more? You know, like there's you know we we knew what what Gruden wanted to do. You know, but is that going to change now uh, with a new guy as the coach? Uh, and then with Denver, you know, they're just unexciting. You know, it's it's Sutton, the running game, but like Bridgewater's not doing much. Like it's I I really don't want much if I don't have to here. Yeah, I mean if I could, uh, you know, if, I wish the line were not three and a half. You know, I wish it were like two and a half. Then I'd be all over the Broncos. You know, three and a half lines. They're, you know, especially at the uh, the field yeah. goal kicking capital of the world. They, right. uh, you know, it's it's always a little bit concerning. But um, you know, for for that game, I am a starting fan. I do like uh, he had a bad matchup versus the Steelers, but pretty good deployment last week. Thirty eight routes on forty three pass plays. I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about with these guys that are running. You know 
20 routes on 43 pass plays, like 38 or 43. That gives you an opportunity. So I like Fan, like Sutton. Um, running back's kind of tough to trust on that side of the ball. And then, uh, you know, you're obviously starting Waller. Are you, John, are you starting any of these Raiders wide receivers? Uh, Hunter Renfro. Wow. Full PPR? Yeah. I mean, he's the ball's there. The ball's going his way. I mean, that's, like, what, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, the ball's going in his direction. So, he's uh, there. Well, how long until we, he ends up on the Patriots? That kid. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's a couple of years, hopefully, a year. You know, I'd love to get an opportunity. He fits the mold, right, for that slot receiver. But, I mean, again, he hasn't had any less than six targets all season. He's got eight in back to back. He had nine in week one. I know that was an overtime game. But if you're in full PPR, yeah, maybe if you're in half PPR. I mean, it's still eight eight and a half points in, in half PPR last week. I mean, it's not great, but I mean, if you're if you need it, you know, right? He's only he's giving it to you. So the volume yeah. has been there. He's a safety net for Carr. So couldn't uh, you see him on the Patriots? He'd be dude. He'd be playing slot, but he also would be throwing. He'd, be, he'd throw a touchdown pass on a trick play, and then he'd go out there and he you know he would make a tackle on a punt, and then he'd be playing cornerback like slot cornerback, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's the, every, he, would be, he would be everything that they want Gunnar Olszewski to be, right. you know, but he's, he's not, yeah. so. He just seems like that type of Belichick guy. When I saw that hit on the, um, on that, uh, the, the fake, fake punch. punch. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that. that's the guy. That's the Bel- Belichick was probably drooling on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, next game here, Sunday night game, Seattle versus Pittsburgh. Uh, no Russell Wilson, maybe no Chris Carson dealing with that neck injury uh, going up against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh losing Juju to the, for the year on IR. Big Ben didn't practice with a peck and a, I think it was a shoulder or a bicep injury that he's dealing with there. Claypool was, I, I think I said that, like Claypool didn't practice today. Like this whole team uh, is in shambles. It just makes me think that Najee Harris is going to get like 100 touches. Yeah, I think that's probably the case. Um, if you're looking for a DFS stab, Ray Ray McLeod has been playing a ton of slot. Even before the Juju injury, he was playing a bunch of slot. And, um, you know, he's also always a threat to run back a kick. I think he's running back both the punts and the kicks. So for DFS, you know, that could be a sneaky guy where he steps into that Juju role, you know, runs back a kick, and all of a sudden now you got a stew going, you know? Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of weird things you need to happen. And we're talking about a guy who's probably free, you know. Right. Uh, there's not a lot of people out there being like, I got to get Ray Ray McLeod in my lineup. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, the Steelers tight ends and the uh, – it's funny how these matchups sometimes happen like this where it's like, you know, we looked at uh, Vikings-Panthers and we're like, we know what these offenses are. The, with this team's the tight end dichotomy is kind of similar where it's like they're splitting everything a bit, um, you know, Fryermuth played more snaps, but he only ran 12 routes. Ebron played less snaps. He ran 16. Neither That's not going to be enough for anybody. And I think with Gerald Everett back and Will Disley, it's going to be a bit of the same where you can't really trust either guy. Geno Smith is the quarterback, so um, not super interested. Uh, it is, I, I'm not sure if I might have missed it if you said it, but is Chris Carson going to play? Do you know? Uh, so he's he's questionable, still dealing with that neck injury, which I mean, he didn't play last week. You know, It was a short week, obviously, there um you know we'll have to wait and see it's weird because they're 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 being very ominous it feels like about this neck injury right like it's something that they think they can manage but like it's also a neck injury so like Mm. you know how serious is it is it just a sprained neck is it a disc thing you know like what's what's going on um either way i think collins is going to be in for a workload i mean he played 40 percent of the snaps two weeks ago um you know cutting into what carson was doing then last week carson was inactive so you know, Collins is probably a guy that you can throw in your flex at this point, and maybe he takes a larger workload if, if Carson's really limited, and definitely if Carson's out. Yeah, I'm for it. 
Uh, final game here, uh, Buffalo, Tennessee. Um, I mean, again, we, we know where the Tennessee offense is. It's, it's running the football with Derrick Henry. It's If Brown can stay healthy, it's him. Julio did return to practice, so there is a potential for Julio Jones to be back um, for this matchup. Uh, the Buffalo side of things, again, we it's it's Diggs. It's Emmanuel Sanders, who you've been in on since day one, since the signing. You've been telling everybody that it's Emmanuel Sanders that you should be in on. Uh, and then it's, it's it's Dawson Knox all of a sudden who's out there uh, mm-hmm. performing. And this Tennessee defense, uh, one of the worst in football uh, pretty much across the board, 27th against the rush, 25th against the pass. Yeah, I mean, this this will be a fun game first and foremost. You know, it's a it's a nice matchup for a Monday night. Um, Emmanuel Sanders actually read, led the team in routes run last week, so uh, you know he's a guy that that I like throwing out there. I mean, it was rainy last week and he still kind of did something, so uh, he's definitely exciting to me. Diggs, you obviously start Knox in in this matchup. Uh, you know, I mean, he's still a fine start. I have I think I might have him maybe ranked seventh or eighth this week. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know. It, it, He's the with his the amount of routes he's running. I mean, he's he's always got a chance to do something, you know. Uh, on the flip side, uh, I'm definitely starting AJ Brown where I drafted him. It's like he, it's hard to bench a guy like that. And he came back and he played a pretty good snap share. He played 40, 24 of 27 pass plays, which is what you care about, you know. Uh, kind of interesting for a uh, dart throw wide receiver if, you know, it's the same. Uh, rosters is last week, you know, which means uh, Nick Westbrook-Kine's out, Josh Reynolds out, Julio's out, is that Marcus Johnson played, actually played more snaps than A.J. Brown, 48 snaps on the day, uh, ran 21 and 27 routes. He's kind of one of those guys, journeyman from the, he, used to, he was on the Colts before, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's on the Colts, and he's he's one of those guys that, you know, I would describe uh, the same way I described uh, Canaro Hodge earlier, you know, the Demarcus Robinson, uh Demir Bird types, the guys that, you know, you you grab them because they can run block and they can play split end, um, you know, not really for their pass catching. They're just, you know, kind of big bodies out there for the run game to put a, you know, tether a foot to the line. But, you know, a guy like that is going to be free in DraftKings. And, you know, I don't care who you are. If you're playing every snap, you have a chance to catch a few balls and score. So Yep, 100% there. So that wraps up our week six, week six look. I was about to say week 16, a week six look. Um, matchup by matchup, guys we like, how to set your lineup, strategies. Again, waiver wire, big time next week. So if you have guys that you can drop this week, you know, make the moves, you know, have some speculative ads um, there. I'll say I'll say this, Koopa, uh, some news that kind of came out. Uh, those holding on to Jeff Wilson, uh, they came out and said they're not expecting him back till late November. Um, however, Jermichael Hasty is expected to be activated off the IR for this week. So if you're mm-hmm. rostering Jeff Wilson on your IR spot or whatever, um, you know, Hasty, somebody that was actually getting some carries, getting um, some involvement in the passing game before he had a high ankle sprain uh, and landed himself on IR, can maybe make that flip. You know, re- release Wilson, knowing he's not going to be back for another at least a month, uh, and maybe go with Hasty. You know, we saw Trey Sermon got no touches last week. Uh, it was Mitchell uh, behind Lance. Lance led the team in rushing. Mitchell had nine, but you know, if you're looking for running back depth right now, maybe take a look and make that speculative move because uh, it's looking like uh, Wilson isn't going to be back for another four-plus weeks at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was stashing Wilson, but if you need the IR spot, let him go. Same with, honestly, it's looking like Tyrell Williams, too, if you're stashing him. Um, you know, the way they talk about him saying it's there's no timetable, it's not soon, you know, the upside is not high enough to be holding on. What could have been with him, right? They released yeah. Perriman. We had it all planned out and then he got hurt 
shocker, he always gets hurt. So the way uh, she goes, man. Dude, final thoughts here before we wrap this one up for the week. Yeah, I'm gonna. To, to, we already talked about the DFS uh, package and stuff, so I'm gonna leave everybody with a lifestyle tip that is uh, near and dear to me right at this time. Um, if you are out there and you have a suit that hasn't been dry cleaned in a long time, take it and just get it dry cleaned now because what's gonna happen is a wedding's gonna come up. And you're going to say to yourself, oh, man, I got to bring that suit to get dry clean. What a pain in the ass. Just go take care of it right now, you know. And, you know, once you have a wedding coming around, you're going to feel better about it. You'll be like, you know what? I got this pressed. It's ready to go. Uh, So lifestyle tip right there. Go get that old suit. Get it set up so that you don't have to stress it when the time comes. So there you go. I was going to say, you're somebody that I know for a fact goes to many weddings, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in, in the, your life. Uh, the girlfriend, the girlfriend's a social butterfly, man. She it's, is friends with everybody. So uh, I know that that's a good tip for everybody. Uh, I don't have that same lifestyle tip, so I'll just let everybody go. Uh, and make sure you check out the DFS content, especially NFL. We are absolutely killing it. So uh, what better way than to make some money? Uh, be on the lookout for this week's Yahoo contest. I mean, last week we did the Beat Bender contest. Uh, and Howard put his best foot forward last week, and uh, only 40 people failed to beat him of the, uh, I think, 200 and whatever that played. He just uh, did not have the right lineup in there, so everybody got some free free money on top of their their overall winnings there. It's uh, Everybody Gets Paid contest as well. Uh, last week it was $3. First place was 150 You automatically got money if you cashed, and you got an additional $10 on top of your winnings if you beat Howard Bender, I do believe we have the same one going this week as well. Uh, <laughs> last week it was fantasy alarm, dfsalarm.com slash uh, beat Bender, I think it was. It's all over the site. Yeah. Be sure to check it out. Go in there, Yahoo, beat Bender, get some money uh, on the house. They're uh, gonna stop letting us. They're gonna stop letting us do that if Howard keeps getting paddled like that, huh? Yeah, he had he had Lavisca Chenault. He had like Tyler Boyd. Like he uh, he just he just did not work out for Howard last week. So uh, he he insists on. On um, the fact that he will be uh, making a better uh, better lineup for this upcoming weekend. Also, last t- chance of moving into uh, Coop and I will be the Sunday live stream this week. It will be uh, and actually moving forward. Uh, Howard's going to put more attention into our Discord chat, uh, making lineups for the example lineups and the playbook updates uh, on Sundays. That means you have myself and uh, Andrew Cooper on your Sundays, 11 to noon now moving forward. Um, getting your start sick questions, your DFS questions answered, uh, leading into game time here, 11 to 12 Eastern. So uh, if you like listening to our voices, you can see our faces uh, now on Sundays as well. So be sure to check that one out. Uh, But for now, for Coop, myself here, we will catch you guys next week.